Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Uh, we are grateful for all that you've done for us. Lord, our hope is in you. Our joy is in you. Lord, when we look at the world that we live in, when we look at many of the circumstances of our lives, uh, Lord, uh, it, it can cause us to, to lose heart. But Heavenly Father, you've sent Jesus, and you have blessed us. You've blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you for the word that has already been read and sung. And I pray now that you would open our hearts, open our ears so that we can hear. And I pray that you would do the work that you have come to do through the message of the gospel. And Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be transformed uh, through uh, the work of the gospel in our lives today. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning to each and every one of you. I'm so glad to see you here today. I'm glad to have you join with us if you're joining with us through our online streaming or through dial-in church or maybe on the radio in the parking lot. We welcome you here to Maple Park Church. We believe that the Holy Spirit gathers us together. And as he gathers us together and we hear his word and we receive his word, that he does a work in us. He, he causes us to be made alive again, and he begins this work of transformation in us, and then we are called then in the power of the Holy Spirit to go into our community uh, to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And So right now we're in the season, in the midst of the season of Advent. Traditionally, Advent is a sober time. Advent's a time to focus on the reality of Jesus' soon return. Jesus is coming again. And we ask ourselves during the season, am I ready for the coming of Jesus? Am I ready? We ask ourselves, am I living for the coming of Jesus? Am I ready for the coming of Jesus? And am I living for the coming of Jesus? When we look at our lives, we're confronted with the sober reality that without Jesus, we, we cannot be ready. Apart from Jesus, there is no way for us to be ready for his soon return. So are you ready for the return of Jesus? To be ready is to be awake. To be ready is to be awake, and to be ready is to be clothed. We need to be awake, and we need to be clothed. What do we tell our kids? Get up and what? Get up and get dressed. And I want you to know today that Jesus does both for you. Jesus does both for you. He wakes you up. He makes you alive. And he clothes you. He clothes you in the very robe of Jesus's righteousness. Jesus is calling us to be awake. He wants us to be awake in him so that we don't miss out on the joy of being alive in him and living in him. And he wants us to be clothed. Not clothed in our own righteousness, not clothed in our own good works, but clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus. Are you awake in Jesus? Are you clothed in his righteousness? The bad news is this, apart from Jesus, we're not awake. The Bible actually tells us 
that we are dead, that we are dead in trespasses and sins, and that we need to be made alive in Jesus. And apart from Jesus, not only are we dead in trespasses and sins, but we also are clothed in in our own flimsy uh, self-righteousness, which does nothing for us. So Jesus has come to wake us up, to make us alive, and to clothe us in the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus entered into our world. He came into our world. He came into our world fully alert. Jesus lived fully ready, and he's ready today to clothe you in his righteousness and to cause you to live and to be alive and alert in him. I invite you today to stand uh, for our reading. We'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. Hear the good news of the gospel. Prophet Isaiah prophesies. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them, and they are an offspring that the Lord has blessed. I may greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. And it's my prayer, it's my prayer that that we may be awake to the joy of Jesus, that we as a congregation would be fully awake, fully alert to the joy of Jesus that is ours in Jesus and of what Jesus has done for us. He has made you alive. You are fully awake. You are clothed in his righteousness. And it's all through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. This uh, Jesus is who the prophet Isaiah was speaking of hundreds of years before his birth. So are you awake? Are you alive in Jesus today? That's my prayer for you. There is good news. Isaiah says that there's good news for the poor. 
Isaiah says that there's good news for the brokenhearted. And Isaiah says that there's good news for the captives. So who is listening to me today? Are you poor? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about money only. You can, you can actually be the richest person in the world. You can have millions upon millions of dollars and still be poor. We're not talking about money. Are you poor? Without Jesus, I know I'm poor. Brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? Many people today are brokenhearted. They're isolated, separated from loved ones, unable to celebrate holidays with family. Many are grieving. Are you brokenhearted today? The captive. Are you a captive? In this context, a captive is somebody who's been taken from their homeland by force to live in a foreign land. People who are in a place they don't want to be in. Are you captive today? Are you in a place you do not want to be today? Are you held captive by sin, addiction, lust, money, unhealthy habits? And again, many are held captive in their homes, in their apartments, or in their care facility rooms. So I know that, that without Jesus, I am poor. Without Jesus, I'm, I am broken. And without Jesus, I am a captive to sin. And the message proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah is this. It's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to good news. It's a wake-up call that says, God has provided for you in Jesus all that you need to be liberated and free from poverty, from broken hearts, and from captivity. It's a wake-up call to good news. Jesus came, and Jesus has accomplished all of these things for you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon Jesus because the Lord has anointed Jesus to bring good news to the poor. He has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The prophecy of Isaiah is, filled in, is fulfilled in Jesus, and Jesus actually read of the scroll of the prophet Isaiah in his home synagogue, and he said that today this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus entered into our sinful world of poverty, of heartache, and of captivity. Jesus lived as the direct opposite or the antithesis of poverty, heartbreak, and captivity. And when you trust in Jesus alone, you're, you're free. You're free. You're rich in him. You might be the poorest person on the planet, but you are rich beyond measure. 
in Jesus. You can actually live without money, food, and shelter, and be rich beyond measure. In Jesus, your, your broken heart is mended. Yes, you grieve in this life, but you do not grieve as those who have no hope. You grieve in the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in his resurrection. And you're free from the captivity of sin. Jesus has declared to you, you are forgiven. Do you believe it today? Are you standing in that reality today that you are forgiven of all of your sins? This is joy. This is joy beyond measure. You see, the problem is sin. Sin always has been and always will be the problem until Jesus comes again. But today, today you can be free in Jesus. You can be set at liberty by Jesus through the good news of the gospel. This is joy. This is joy. See, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. This is joy. But our first parents sinned. And their joy was taken away. Their joy was taken away. Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. And as a result of their disobedience, they became poor, broken, and held captive by sin. But God came. God didn't leave Adam and Eve in the garden. God came walking in the cool of the day. He came for Adam and Eve. Not to punish them, but to save them. In Max Licato's book, A Love Worth Giving, he wrote, We eat our share of forbidden fruit. Isn't it true? We eat our share of forbidden fruit. And when we do, the door opens and he says, the shame tumbles in. Poverty. Broken hearts. Captivity to sin. We eat our share of the forbidden fruit and when we do, the door opens and the shame tumbles in. We're ashamed. We're ashamed of our poverty, of our brokenness, and of our captivity. We like to hide this reality from everyone. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but people go on social media all the time. 
And they, and they never post about their, their internal poverty or of their brokenness or of their captivity to sin, although many people probably do boast of their sin on social media. You see, we go on social media and we post all the things that make us look rich and whole and free. We rarely post about our poverty, our brokenness, and our captivity. I've, I've never thought of taking a picture of my family during an argument. And believe it or not, our family does argue. Think about that. Your family's in an argument, and you decide, let's take a picture right now and post it on social media. That doesn't happen. Those are the things that we hide. We hide those things that prove that we're poor, that we're broken, and that we're held captive to sin. So Max Licato says we eat our share of forbidden fruit, and when we do, the door opens and the shame tumbles in. Shame over our spiritual poverty, our brokenness, and our captivity. Licato goes on to write, and we hide. We hide. We sow fig leaves. He says flimsy excuses, see-through justifications. We cover ourselves in good works and good deeds. So we present ourselves as being better than we really are. We use these flimsy excuses and we cover ourselves in good works and good deeds. But one gust of the wind of truth and we're naked again, stark naked to our own failure. So true. But the good news is this, in Jesus there is abundant and free and full forgiveness. It is his forgiveness that liberates us from captivity to poverty, captivity to our brokenness, and captivity, well, to captivity. <laughs> what has God done to cover our nakedness and to liberate us from spiritual poverty? You have been clothed in the robe of Jesus' righteousness. You have been clothed in Jesus. Lakato writes again, What does God do? Exactly what did he do for our parents in the garden? He sheds innocent blood. He offers the life of his son. And from the scene of the sacrifice, the father takes a robe. Not the skin of an animal, but the robe of Jesus and of his righteousness. And does he throw it in our direction and tell us to shape up? No. He dresses us himself. He dresses us himself. He dresses us with himself. You see, the robing is his work, not ours. We hide, God seeks. We bring sin, he brings sacrifice. We try fig leaves, he brings the robe of righteousness. 
And today, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are clothed in that righteousness. Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Traditionally, the season of Advent is a sober time. We focus on the reality of Jesus' soon return. We ask ourselves, am I ready? Am I ready for his return? To be ready is to be awake. To be ready is to be clothed. We wake our kids up in the morning, we say, get ready and get, wake up and get dressed. Or wake up, get ready and get dressed. And Jesus is the one who has caused us to be awake. He has made us alive. He has clothed us in his righteousness. When we look at ourselves, we are confronted with the sober reality that without Jesus, we're not ready. And without Jesus, we are not clothed. So I believe that you today are ready. You're ready not because of your own righteousness or your own goodness. You're ready today because of Jesus and of what Jesus has provided for you. Today we can have great joy. So many circumstances today in our world would cause us to to lose heart, to, to not have joy. But today we can have joy in these fundamental realities of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So this is the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus has come. He has come for you. So let us live in joy today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the the truths that have been given to us in Isaiah 61. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as a result of hearing this message today, that we would truly believe that we would trust in you alone. And that by trusting in you alone, we would be set free from the captivity to our spiritual poverty and of our broken hearts and of this captivity to sin, that we would be set free, and by being free, we would be filled with joy. And that as we go from this place today filled with joy, that we would be witnesses for you, serving others in love. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.